Hey, what's up? It's Avery here. Well, I guess who else would it be? It is my own show. <laughs> you see, my show is on platforms like iTunes and Spotify, and you may wonder, how do I get my show on these platforms? Well, I do it through an app called Anchor. It's free to download, and you can use it on your phone or on your laptop. And it also comes with creation tools that let you edit your show. You can also make that sweet moolah with your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, want to get started? Download the Anchor app on the Google Play Store or Apple's App Store. Or go to anchor.fm. It's that easy. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome back to Avery Sports Show. We are here sitting in Avery Studios with an old friend of the podcast. If you recall, a couple of years ago, I had this guy on on Avery Sports Show in Toronto in my old apartment. I want to welcome back onto the podcast, Mr. Sam Davis Jr. from Homestead Sports and his own podcast, The Sports Section, which you can hear on iTunes every morning. He has great content. Sam, how you doing, bud? Welcome back to Avery Sports Show. Avery, it's been way too long, my friend. Yes. Way too long. Honestly, it feels like almost a decade we were sitting in that apartment of yours in downtown Toronto. <laughs> it was me, you, two mics, and I think we are probably talking about how the Leafs were going to rebuild. Yes. And then, uh, honestly, I, I think like the sports scene has just like exploded since the last time we spoke. So it's good. I'm happy to be back here, man. Thanks for inviting me. No, of course. Yeah, unfortunately, the apartment is no more. We moved up north because living downtown in Toronto is it's insanity. And that apartment is now two grand a month. So we have to say, okay, that's way too much. <laughs> it's too much, man. It's the, honestly, I, I. It's funny. A buddy of mine's looking to uh, to start renting in New York City, which is obviously one of the biggest cities in the world. And the the rent com- is so comparable in Toronto to New York City. And we're not even near the the, the mass density of population is. So. Yeah, no, I totally understand the move. That, that that makes sense. No, exactly. No, it was nuts. I know I want to have you on to talk about this Raptors Bucks series and game three last night. I watched with some friends downtown, and boy, oh boy, Sam, I gotta ask you if this team, if Toronto fell to 0 3, would you think this team would have had a chance to win much less one game in the series if it fell down to 0 3 in Milwaukee? <laughs> it's like it. Down 0-3, I honestly, I felt like a lot of people were expecting the worst because that's just how the Toronto sports, the Toronto sports fan is kind of bred, right? We're always mm-hmm. kind of like trying to, we, we see the worst in things, right? Just because of all the years of disappointment with the Blue Jays and the Leafs and even the past Raptors playoff series is with LeBron, right? So yeah. I think last night's expectations, everyone kind of didn't want to amp themselves up too high. But it would have been a catastrophe if they went down 0-3. And I think what happened last night, and I think you, you saw with a lot of different uh, players like Kawhi and Marcus and all these players that kind of stepped up, it was, it was kind of inspiring, right? I, I don't think we've seen players like that kind of like buckle up, put their boots up, or, or buckle up their bootstraps. And, and, you know, they needed to get that win, and, they, and that's kind of what happened. They got that win in double overtime, and... And now they're back in the series. It's fantastic. Exactly. It's great. And you know what? And this is a team where 
their heart and soul guy, Kyle Lowry, fouls out. But you just saw Kawhi Leonard step up. He played 52 minutes, had 36 points. You saw Pascal Siakam play 51 minutes, had 25 points, 11 boards. And Marcus Gasol, someone who struggled all series long with a double-double. Those three guys came to work last night in that win, Sam. There was moments in that, and I think especially I saw it in Marc Gasol's game, where I just saw a man who's been in the NBA for over a decade, mm-hmm. who has been in one, who played for one of probably the worst NBA franchises with the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm sorry if you have a big Memphis following, but <laughs> it's true. It's 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 not it's not one of the greatest basketball markets, and I'd love to see that that franchise go back to Vancouver. But back to Gasol. Honestly, I think what I saw in that fourth quarter, and what I saw in that game is a guy who's been fed up with his career. This man has been an all-star for numerous occasions, and this has been the biggest stage he's been a part of, and I think he saw his whole NBA career flash before his eyes. He's like, I'm not getting embarrassed here, okay? I've wanted this for years. And I think he really stepped up to the plate. He was very aggressive at the three-point line. We saw him drive numerous times, uh, trying to get to the foul line. And, yeah, I just think it was a very inspirational Marcus Gasol performance. And I think the team kind of gathered around that uh, that mentality. Yeah, they truly did. And looking at on, on the defensive side of things, there was a guy who, for most of the year, had been just tearing up the rest of the league. Giannis Antetokounmpo only had, what, 12 points in that game. And to see him locked down was a big thing. Also, he fell out as well, too. Seeing him shut down most of that game was massive last night. Well, the biggest thing with that is that Nick Nurse started to make the adjustments that I think he needed to make in this series. And I remember doing a lot of research on the the pre-conference matchups and how the Raptors were going to defend Giannis and were you going to put Siakam on him? Were like who who are you going to who are you going to kind of put on to try and start and try and minimize his offensive output? And last night was we saw him. We basically saw Kawhi. Put a blanket on Giannis, which we hadn't seen in Game One and Game Two. And we and stats and kind of like the eye test would show you that it, the height advantage that Giannis has over Kawhi would just mean he's going to destroy him, right? But Kawhi Leonard, again, the greatest two-way player I think in the NBA, was really able to get inside Giannis's head. And maybe it has a little bit to do. Again, this wasn't home court for the Bucks. You know, Giannis is a young player. Maybe he got a bit rattled by the crowd, but. I think a lot of this has to go to Kawhi Leonard again, one of the most elite defenders in the NBA, and was able to kind of, you know, silence Giannis. And again, I don't think this is going to be a normal thing in this series. I think Giannis with 12 points is an anomaly. And I, I, it's amazing they were able to do that, but I don't think Raptors fans should be expecting this is going to be a normal thing throughout the series. No, they really shouldn't. They, you know, he mentioned Kawhi. This is a guy who... Not only in this series, Sam, but all playoffs long, has taken his game to another level. And just seeing how he is, just seeing how he's played so far, just seeing how he's interacting in Toronto, I think this is a guy, I think he stays. Maybe not, maybe not five, six years. But I could see Kawhi staying maybe possibly two or three more years in Toronto. Do you agree with that, Sam? It's the hardest question in sports, honestly, Avery. <laughs> it is the man will give you absolutely no hints or inclination <laughs> on what he's thinking. Honestly, I, I don't know if you saw after game two that quote where they asked Kawhi, where do you go from here? And he gives the most Kawhi-esque answer of, <laughs> we're going to game three in Toronto, right? So yeah. He's, he's just this guy where you cannot honestly, 
you don't understand what's going through his head. He's a, he's honestly he's a robot, right? And mm-hmm. I think from the the deepest parts of my Raptors fandom and Raptors heart, I want him to stay, and I think he should stay because in terms of a basketball situation, I think this is the closest thing he can get to con- to a contender. I know a lot of people say the Clippers. You know, the fact that they had such a great team and were able to get the eighth seed with really no superstars, he can push them to the upper echelon of the NBA. But I think with a Pascal Siakam, a OG, like the thing is, there's no OG Ananobi on this team. Like, this is going to be, if he looks forward, he has a lot of young, promising players that he can build around and hopefully have an NBA East contender. But I don't know. It's, we will not know the answer obviously until July right so I think it's we can have these conversations all we want I think as Raptors fans we just need to live in this moment and really enjoy these wins and these victories and what we're seeing from Kawhi Leonard because this is the single most incredible performance by a Raptors player ever wouldn't you say that Avery? I would agree and you know it's funny because remember when he was, it's funny how things changed because when he was first traded to Toronto, the word was he wasn't going to report. <laughs> funny how things change, eh? Exactly. Exactly. I know. And again, I can state the obvious. The Raptors can offer him the most money, right? Mm-hmm. With, with the way the NBA works, they can give him the Supermax and they can offer him any... Uh, basically, they can offer the biggest contract that in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So that is something that obviously is enticing to him. But... It's, it's going to be the thing. Well, what's the whole thing with Kawhi when he was on the Spurs was he wanted to play in a big market. He wanted to play in Los Angeles. He wanted to, to be more marketable. But And I don't think he fully understood what... When you come and play for Toronto, you're not just playing for Toronto. You're playing for an entire country. Exactly. And that speaks volumes compared to, obviously, you know, L.A. is a major market. New York is a major market. But when you're playing for a team that is in not just America, but it has a different country, there's global implications for that, right? So I think, I hopefully think he's realized that this is, this is bigger than just Toronto. This is, you're representing an entire country playing for this team. You really are. And he mentioned market, you mentioned like marketability, global reach. Like right now in Young and Dundas Square, there's a big billboard of Kawhi that's what, how many feet tall of him? What is, I'm a fun guy quote. And I can tell you, yeah. it, it doesn't tell Kawhi that hey, Toronto's a big player in the in the in the marketing scale. Like, what else will? <laughs> it is no, and I think things like that. And obviously, there's the there's the other mural that they painted on Queen Street. Like, the city has really gotten behind Kawhi in a way that I personally haven't really seen uh, any other athlete. Like, obviously, we loved Vince Carter back in mm-hmm. the 2000s. Uh, you know, this the city is behind Austin Matthews, but I feel like in the in, Toronto Maple Leafs, it's kind of like Tavares, you know, your Marner fan. Right. Uh, you know, it's kind of divided. I think really, Raptors fandom really just wants this guy to stay, and everyone's just trying to like stay on, you know, Team Kawhi. They want to be able to show him that we support him so much, and that we want him to stay on this team, right? I, I don't think I've really seen that. In I, I don't think I can remember other than like Jose Bautista being on every Booster Juice. Uh, sort of uh, ad yes. that I've seen the market the marketability is, is crazy with Kawhi so it, it's going to be interesting again we're going to have to see what happens in July but I think just the biggest thing that, that I want Toronto sports fans and Canadian Raptor fans to take is that this these last performances have been amazing 
and we really need to, I think, just appreciate what he's been able to accomplish, even getting us to the conference final and hopefully to the, the NBA finals, which, as we know, Raptors fans have never been a part of. No, and you know what's also cool that seeing this Raptors team, um, even just five years ago, you would have never seen the love for the Raptors on an ESPN or a TNT the way are now. You're now seeing guys, you're now seeing Charles Barkley advocating for the Raptors to come back and win this series. You would have never seen anybody on panel wanting a Canadian franchise in the finals five, six, seven years ago. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? I think a lot of what I think a lot of athletes are afraid of when they come to these Canadian markets is the lack of media coverage, right? Like, will an ESPN or an FS1 or mm. TNT be able to coverage? Uh, do they want to show the coverage of Toronto Raptors? And again, there's the whole argument that they're not able to get the same sort of television metrics and ratings that the Canadian market can offer to a TNT and ESPN. But again, you, you have all these talking pundits talking about the Raptors, right? You go turn on first take. Stephen A. Smith is talking about the Raptors Bucks series. Uh, you turn on TNT, again, as you said, Charles Barkley is talking about the Raptors. You turn on FS1, Skip Bayless, obviously not a big Kawhi Leonard fan, but again, talking about the Raptors. So the people that say that Toronto isn't getting the same media coverage, you know, they've been to the stands before. They are one of the top Eastern Conference contenders of the last four or five years. Yeah. And again, this is a global game, right? There's so many fans just outside of the United States that support different teams. So to say that, like, you need to be in the United States to be the most marketable player, I think is, is, is not a thing. It's not real. No, it isn't. And I mean, even in the past few playoffs, in the, in the postseason, there's really there's been no New York, there's been no LA, but people have still been captivated by seeing Golden State, Portland, Portland OKC. Not the biggest markets in, in media in America, but one of the best teams in the, in the NBA so far, Sam. It is. And I think what the NBA has been amazing at, and I think it's it's got its pros and cons, but I think this league has become less about the teams and more about the stars, right? Mm -hmm. So I know just being able in my travels that there are tons of LeBron James fans, right? I know just on the internet there are tons of Kevin Durant fans and Steph Curry fans and Giannis Antetokounmpo fans, right? So there's a lot of people who go and watch the game because of particular players. So right now, if you look at the conference finals, you have arguably – a great number of the top 15 players in the NBA, right? So you yeah. have Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson on the Warriors. Well, obviously Kevin Durant's not playing right now, but you have Clay Thompson, Draymond Green's been playing fantastic. On the Portland side, you have CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, who at any time can put up incredible numbers. In the East, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who again is this global star from Greece with this incredible story. And then with the Raptors, you have Kawhi Leonard. Again, another incredible of coming back from a, everyone thought, a fatal injury two years ago and mm. has now dragged his team to the Eastern Conference Finals. So there are tons of narratives that are just incredible to watch in this NBA playoffs. And to say that, again, it sucks that the Lakers aren't here, it sucks that the Knicks aren't here, that these major American markets, people gravitate to stories, right? And of I course. think there are plenty of storylines to follow whether like with any team going to the finals this year and I think this this is the reason 
why people love the NBA. That's true. I really couldn't agree more, Sam. I know for yourself, you've been someone, you've been involved in hometown sports. Again, you've been doing playoff rallies at the Rec Room Mississauga. What has it been like seeing fans coming in Toronto and gathering, being around the NBA? Because like I mentioned earlier, you wouldn't have had these kind of rallies for pro ball 10, 15 years ago, but now you're seeing people come to the Rec Room and enjoying the NBA of all shapes, colors, and, uh, and backgrounds, Sam. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's been incredible, Avery. So I've actually been doing the, the rallies in Mississauga, which I that's this is where I'm from originally, so I'm always, you know, happy to rep my 905ers. <laughs> but it's it's interesting, right? Because I was like, okay, it's a little bit of commute. I live downtown, right, to get all the way out there. Mm-hmm. But from, like, kind of my Mississauga background, I honestly believe that this is where the real Raptors fans are, in your 905. So, like in your Mississauga, in your Brampton, in your Markham, right? These are the guys, I, I'm, I'm shocked from the amount of knowledge when I'm just having the conversations with these people who have been watching from the Andrea Barniani years, from the Marcus Camby, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady years. Like there has been this Raptors fandom that people just, because they love basketball, right? It's, it's instilled in a lot of these cultures out in, in these Mississaugas and Bramptons and Markhams, right? So. The, the atmosphere in these rallies have, have been fantastic. And I love the amount of, like, jerseys I get out, too. Because you'll see, again, like, these vintage NBA jerseys that you can tell have been with these families for 10 to 15 years. And they're just diehards. And they're so happy to see the Raptors' success. And honestly, it's, it's sort of strange because everyone just has this Raptors form of the hockey town. Honestly, like with the Raptors' success in the last three or four years, it's slowly but surely turning into a, into a basketball town. And uh, it's been incredible to watch. People are so amped and excited. And I, honestly, I can't wait to do these next couple games because I think if they start winning and let's say they take a 2-2 series tie to uh, game five, they, honestly, I think every bar and every venue in, in Canada is going to be just showing the Raptors, and I think the country's really going to get behind this. Yeah, of course. Like, like what does that truly mean to see this team in the final? Because as as two guys in our 20s, we have never seen the Blue Jays in a World Series, the Leafs in the Cup Finals. This is the closest we have with the Raptors making it in the finals. Like, what would that mean? Even if the Raptors go and play Golden State and lose in four games, what would that mean for this city as a whole, or even this country as a whole, for basketball, in your mind? Honestly, Abe, I think it's incredible. And I think just seeing if we can see our teams reach that success, we've gotten so close with so many. Again, like we can talk, of, we can talk for hours about Edmonton reaching the Cup final, of course, which was incredible, the early two thousands. You know, yeah. like Calgary getting the Cup final in the early two thousands. The Jays obviously getting to the ALCS those last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, those we as a country really haven't seen a winner since what 1992 right with the jays and then even the montreal canadians right right so i think just to have that representation on the biggest stage is so important because the most amazing thing about sports is that it brings people together right so like i know for i know for a fact that i will have friends who aren't necessarily the biggest sports fans, but they'll know, they'll overhear the Raptors are doing well, and they're reaching, you know, they've reached the finals. I know they're going to tune in because they want to be a part of the conversation, right? And I think the fact that if they can get to that to that stage, right, and even, again, if it, get, if it, if 
that's against the Golden State Warriors, who are this juggernaut. And, we, and you know, we get maybe we lose it in five or whatever. I think just being on that stage would be so important to Canadian sports and even Canadian basketball, right? Being able to get those eyeballs on being able to see what a team has achieved in Toronto, I think it's so important, right? Don't you agree? Of course, of course, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned Golden State. It's a little bit of pride knowing that Steph Curry is kind of like a quasi Canadian because Steph Curry grew up in Toronto with his dad, Dell, playing for the Raptors. Steph, Steph said himself, he grew up eating pizza, pizza. He grew up, he knows Toronto. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure some pride up north knowing Steph is like, you know, maybe one eighth Canadian. <laughs> yeah, no, it's honestly, I love Steph. I think what he's done with the game has been incredible. Yeah. A lot of people kind of hate that he's turned. All of these kind of, everyone who's been younger than Steph or has kind of come up through the game watching mm-hmm. Steph Curry just wants to shoot up these threes. But he has been an incredible ambassador to the league. Yeah. And I think just watching him on a night-to-night basis. I know I'm going to tell my grandkids I watch Steph Curry play. Because I think what he's been able to te- what, do to the game and the way he plays it and some of the incredible freaking shots this guy hits mm-hmm. is, uh, is incredible, right? And. I can't knock Golden State for, you know, winning all these championships because, again, other than the fact that they signed Durant and Cousins, a lot of these moves they made were in-house through the draft yeah. through trades, right? So a lot of people get mad at the Warriors through that, but, again, it, it all goes back to Steph. And they, you know, two teams, uh, whatever, the Timberwolves did not draft Steph where they had two chances to draft a point guard. And they yes, they Rick did. They and Johnny Flynn, right? <laughs> so, and well, you know the Timberwolves, how the Minnesota Timberwolves story goes. I don't have to go too far into that. But, yeah, Steph Curry is incredible. And, yeah, do you know what? If we can get him on the Canadian national team, if there's some sort of loophole, that'd be amazing. <laughs> you, you know what? Aisha Curry is Canadian. She was born she was born and raised in Toronto. So, you know what? If there's some law through his wife being Canadian to get him on the national team, hey, Tokyo yeah. 2020 will be incredible for a roster. <laughs> there's, there's some loophole there, right? we got to figure that out. I'm gonna, you know what? I'll go do some research. I'll get back to you on that one, Avery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, do I ask you, Sam, before I let you go, I do want to ask you, do the Raptors, if they come back, they win this series in six or seven games? Honestly, I think this is going the, the full distance. I think this is going seven. Um, obviously, I'd love to see them do it at home in six. But I really don't think you're going to beat this team four straight times. The, the, the Bucks are too strong. They've shown it time and time again through the, that Piston series and the Celtic series that they can beat you in so many different ways, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's Giannis driving to the bucket and shooting free throws and, and you know, defeating you in the paint, or if it's the amazing three-point show of Brooke Lopez, which I, <laughs> I have been so impressed on how this man has changed his game and has not gotten, he's gotten some credit, but my goodness, from being like one of the best players in the paint on the Brooklyn Nets to going to Los Angeles and becoming kind of a shell of himself and then coming back to Milwaukee and going into Mike Budenholzer's system, it's incredible to watch. So, you know, they have so many different ways they can beat us or they can beat you that I just, I can't see this team losing four straight. But again, I'm all here for the Raptors. I want them to win. My original prediction was Bucks and Seven. I know that's not the, the pick everyone wants to hear. But, uh, you know, if the Raptors do win this, I think it's really going to go the distance. And again, you need more production from your role-playing guys. You know, mm-hmm. you can see the, the load is kind of catching up to Kawhi. You know, we saw him limping a little bit yesterday. 
And you just you can't have players like Fred VanVleet go one for eleven. No, it's unacceptable. You can't have players like Danny Green, who was in the conversation back in twenty uh, when was it twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen when the uh, when the Spurs won. He was in contention for that Finals MVP. He'd been here before. Yeah, and he is just seen like he looks like a deer in the headlights right now. So you need those role players to start picking up the slack because you can see the load is starting to to get bigger and bigger on Kawhi, and he needs some help. It it, it needs to happen. So, I yeah, I think the Raptors can have to get this done in seven if it happens. Um, But hey, last night was definitely a step in the right direction. It was, you know. Hey, if it goes seven, you you know you do you you've got your team who knows the big game situation, and his name is Jeremy Lin. Call on Jeremy Lin. <laughs> Let's do it. I want more than Sandy time. I don't know what they think to do it. But, uh, you know, obviously there's defensive liabilities when you play Jeremy Lin. But, you know, he, he's like the spark plug, I think, what we need off the bench, man. I've been... I've been kind of like saying this at the at the rally party, like, yo, give me some insanity time right now. He's been playing the you know the garbage minutes when they get blown out, but you know I'm I'm not opposed to it. You know, with with how Fred Van's lead is playing, I wouldn't be mad to see you know Jeremy Lin getting some more minutes. So you you know what, it might it might happen, Avery. Yeah, here's hoping, here's hoping. And Sam, thanks for doing Avery Sports Show again. Got to do it again sometime, brother. Always good talking to you, sir. Avery, do you know what? We're going to set it up next time. I know my schedule is kind of a bit screwed up, but I want to do it face-to-face again, man. It's always good to see you. Absolutely. I'll be more than down to do that, sir. All right, man. Dude, it was great talking to you, okay? Keep in touch. Of course. We'll do, Sam.